You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and today we're going to be previewing the 49ers defense and how they match up against the commander's offense. So as we always do, we're just going to get right into it here First, talking about the ins and the outs of this game, this week's injury report for both teams. So for the 49ers, quite a lot of names on this one. A lot of these we expect. So Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, Kevin Givens are all out. Those are no surprises. And as far as the questionable goes, we have Ambry Thomas, Charvarius Ward, Tarvarius Moore and Jordan Mason, as well as Kerry Hyder. So those guys are all questionable. And as far as the commanders, the only out designation that they have is for their guard, uh, Sadiq Charles. And I believe that's a, a backup guard as well. So um, won't make a huge impact on the game. And as far as questionable is their safety cam curl as where, as well as their cornerback, Benjamin St. Juice, who has missed uh, the last three games. Uh, <laughs> East Coast Red and Gold says crack open a can of whoop ass. And for those of you who don't know, it's because uh I titled this uh video well the thumbnail says crack open a Heineke. And I'll explain that later. Actually, like it's so hard coming up with good uh good names for these shows that are clever, you know, or different each week. Uh so that one was mine this week. Crack open a Heineke. And that's, you know, double meaning in a way, uh, maybe even three meanings. But what's going on? Thank you so much for joining. And Melissa, as always, um, here in the comments, appreciate you. She, she said, uh, yay, my hero Steph is live again. Merry Christmas, Eve, Eve, Steph. Ah, I love that. Eve, Eve. It's the Eve of the Eve. Um, yeah, thank you so much for spending your Christmas Eve, Eve with me today. And uh, promise we'll have a good show. All right, so let's get into the commander's offense and what they bring uh, to the table this week. As always, let's look at some of these rankings, some of these stats. So commander's offense this season, they are first in average time of possession, uh, which I mentioned in my last episode. And this is interesting because the 49ers are second in average time of possession this season. Uh, So one of those teams is going to have their game plan kind of blown up because that's, Clearly, the plan of both of these teams is to control the clock. And they're also fourth in most punt attempts per game. So they average five punt attempts per game. That is fourth most in the NFL, which tells me that they don't hold on to the ball that long, which is actually actually surprising given the average time of possession uh, that they have. So I don't know how that works. Maybe I think it's an indication probably of their defense and how good their defense is. But they're also 11th in average rushing yards per game, which is not surprising. A lot of teams who control uh, momentum or control the flow of the game, time of possession, typically, uh, you know, run the ball a lot. So commanders are up there and one of the most run heavy teams in the league, 11th in average rushing yards per game. They're also 13th in giveaways per game, though, and this is important. Uh, They average 1.2 giveaways in each game. I feel like there's an opportunity for the 49ers defense to 
you know, make a play or two, force some turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, that that's a good one to keep in mind. They're also 14th in first downs per game. Not bad. 16th in average scoring margin. Um, 20th in yards per game. 21st in passing yards per game. They don't pass a lot. Like I said, they prefer to run it. Uh, they're 23rd in red zone scoring percentage, and that's only counting the touchdowns. When they're in the red zone, they score a touchdown 51.3% of the time. And then uh, they're 25th in completion percentage. That is for the season. Now keep in mind, Heineke took over as the starter in, uh, I believe, either week seven or week eight. So that's for the season. They are 25th in completion percentage, 25th in points per game. They average 18.9 points per game. So not much. And you got to figure with 49ers defense, uh, they can have probably less than that. If they're averaging 18.9, I got to think they don't score a lot of points this offense. So, uh, you know, another opportunity for the 49ers defense. They're also 25th in QB sacked percentage. So Heineke is getting sacked quite a lot this season, or the quarterbacks for the commanders are getting sacked a lot. They are 24th in touchdowns per game. Sorry, that one's out of order. Um, And 28th in third down conversion percentage. And that's important too, because, you know, they're not, they're not converting on third downs. That's another opportunity for the 49ers defense uh, to take control of the game. So some weird things happening, right? Like, it feels like their offense is not very good and they they have a hard time staying on the field. They have a hard time scoring, yet they control the time of possession uh, for the most part. So kind of interesting dynamic there. Let me get to some of these comments here. Melissa asks, Steph, do you think the alternate Pro Bowl Jake Brendel steps up against all those first rounders? And do you buy that Young will be on a snap count? Personally, me, Melissa, I don't buy that he's going to be on a snap count. But um, he he might be because he's going to be rusty. But the commanders are so desperate to win this game. I, I think they might keep him in. But they've their pass rush has been, been good even without him. So maybe they don't need to, uh, you know, risk his long-term future, you know, to keep him out there uh, for several snaps. So they might ease him in. But I don't know. I feel like they're so desperate. They're, they'll just keep him out there. Seems like a Ron Rivera thing to do to – keep him out there for the whole game um but yeah Jake Brendel I mean Jake Brendel he I'm surprised he made the Pro Bowl uh to be honest even as an alternate uh but you know he's he's a serviceable center he's he's not as good as some we've had in the past but that's okay he's serviceable there's a lot of good guys on this offensive line so We'll, we'll see how he does. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little – we'll have to see how he does this week against uh, some better pass rushers. Uh, Mike Ortaza says, Steph the GOAT, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Make sure you guys like this video if you have not yet. Appreciate all the love. Uh, Melissa says, Steph, Dre or Fred, who do you think is on Brian Robinson? Who can you see blitzing? Um, I saw a little bit of both of those guys blitzing last week against the Seahawks. So I guess either one of those guys, um, and I saw a lot of great tack. I mean, both of those guys can do it all, right? They can blitz, they can key in on the running backs. Both has have great awareness and are very, uh, they have really fast instincts. Um, so as soon as they recognize what's going on with the play, they just run over to the ball. So I think either of those guys are going to be all over the field uh, come come Saturday tomorrow. And they're going to have to be because since the commanders love to run the ball so much, those guys are going to be really important to stopping that and help stop that. So 
uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, moving on here. Let's see. Let's look at the Battle of the Trenches. Uh, let me make this bigger for you guys. So as far as the, as far as the Battle of the Trenches, we have the uh, Commander's Offensive Line. PFF ranks them 30th in pass blocking efficiency. So not great. Not the best pass blocking group. Um, they have their center, uh, Wes Schweitzer. Schweitzer, I, I believe, um, last week against, sorry, week, week, yeah, that was last week against the Giants. He gave up two pressures and two hurries. Uh, Tri Turner is their, one of their guards and, uh, He's he's pretty solid. He's one of their better guys on that offensive line. Uh, then they have Andrew Norwell, uh, the other guard. And last week, these last two games against the Giants, it was weird. They they played the Giants back-to-back, but they had a bye week in between. So week 13 was at the Giants. Week 15 was at home against the Giants. Um, in week 13, Norwell gave up three pressures and three hurries. Last week against the Giants, two pressures, one hurry, one QB hit, but no sacks given up in many several weeks. So there's that. And then uh, Cornelius Lucas, uh, their tackle last uh, week 13 against the uh, Giants. He gave up four pressures, three hurries, and one quarterback hit in week 15. Two pressures, one hurry, one QB hit. Um, And then uh, Charles Leno, their other tackle had gave up one pressure and the one sack we saw uh Kayvon Thibodeau Thibodeau have a tremendous game against the commanders and with Nick Bosa um on tap this week for the commanders I have to imagine that they're gonna struggle a bit because um as we know this 49ers defensive line is so good and the commanders 30th in pass blocking efficiency so they're not so great in that department. And so I'm expecting a big game from those guys up front, and that's going to trickle down to other areas of the game where I can see this defense having a lot of success. Now, oh, let me change this real quick. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about their tight end, um, Logan Thomas. He does not have a lot of involvement in this offense, so I'm going to keep this short, you know. His best game of the season was in week 11, in which he had five catches, 65 yards. He only has one touchdown this season. Like I said, not a lot of involvement in this offense. And when you look at what the 49ers defense are doing against tight ends, I can't imagine that changing this week. Uh, The 49ers defense is limiting opposing tight ends to an average of just 36 yards a game. And they've only allowed three touchdowns this season. The third touchdown was just last week against the Seahawks when uh, Noah Fant got that late uh, touchdown. So they're not giving up much to tight ends. So I don't think Logan Thomas is going to be much of a factor in this game unless, of course, as we mentioned, uh, maybe a possible late score when the game has already been decided. Uh, then we have the wide receivers. This is where their offense is best. Okay. They have two really good wide receivers and Terry McLaurin and their rookie Jahan Dotson. McLaurin is tied for fifth in big catches this season. Big catches defined as passes or sorry, catches of 24 yards or more. So he's tied for fifth in that department. So he's a big play guy. He's also tied for tied 11th in receiving first downs. 
and seven, 70.6 of all of his catches go for first downs. Uh, so he's a big, uh, you know, he's a big threat for this offense. He can help them move the ball and he can make big plays for this team. The surprising part is that he just has three touchdowns on the season. Um, and I, I guess I'll just move on to the next guy because this is the guy who is their touchdown scorer between the two. He has six touchdowns this season. Jahan Dotson, as I mentioned, he's up for offensive rookie of the year and in each of the last two games, like I said, they, they've played the Giants these last two games, and Jahan Dotson had a touchdown in each of those games. He's building chemistry with T- Taylor Heineke, which, you know, I think just continues on this week. Last week against the Giants, he had six targets that tied for the team lead. He That was a 20.6 target share, which is a pretty big target share. And he had four catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown against the Giants last week. So um, a lot of involvement for Jahan Dodson. They're going to want to get both of these guys involved, and that's how they like to move the ball when they aren't um, you know, running the football. These are the guys that they go to. And with the 49ers having so much success in stopping the run, I think both of these guys are going to be very busy um, come tomorrow. And so we'll, we'll just have to see how they do, but – what I like is Charvarius Ward and Diamador Lenore. They've been playing some good football these last, last few weeks. Charvarius Ward last week against the Seahawks, he had two pass breakups. He, he's now tied for second in pass breakups on the season. He has nine total. And in 12 of his 14 games that he's played, he's allowing less than 50 receiving yards. So Charvarius Ward is a dog. Diamador Lenore, I like what I've seen out of him these last few weeks. He just continues to grow as a solid corner, um, you know, filling in for Emmanuel Mosley. He's been a serviceable guy, and he just continues to improve. So last week, he led the team in tackles against Seattle. He had nine total tackles, and he had that pick six that was negated by Bosa's roughing penalty. So nothing that Lenore did wrong. He did everything right on that play. Uh, Just unfortunate that it was called back right by that roughing the passer penalty uh but he would have had that pick six that was a great play by him it was a great play by the defensive line um and he hasn't allowed a touchdown this season that one kind of surprised me a little bit but Lenore doing a great job uh this season let me get some comments really quick you guys uh you guys blow me up I love it East Coast Red and Gold podcast says start fast run the ball and feed Kittle over the middle I like that plan I like that plan Melissa says, Steph, since the duo of safeties and commanders and when they go three safeties is so strong against tight ends, do you see Brandon and Juwan having a bigger game? Yes, I touched on this in my last podcast that I, my last episode was the offense preview episode. I talked about this. Um, Yeah, I could see the, I could see Kittle having a quieter game this week because the commanders are the best in the NFL against tight ends. And so I think this is a big opportunity for Brandon Ayuk. St. Juiced, as I mentioned, is coming off a three game, uh, potentially he's questionable, right? But I would assume that he plays in this game. All signs point to that. And he hasn't played the last three games. So if there's any rust for St. Juiced, uh, Brandon Ayuk can see a big boost also, let me find that slide really quick, actually, because uh, in, in my last episode, I, I talked about this So when I was talking about um, Ayuk. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh, um. 
Yes. So here we go. Look. So Bobby McCain, their slot corner is allowing 82.5% completion percentage in his coverage. Again, that's a big boost, I think, for Brandon Ayuk, an opportunity for him uh, to get going in this game. And I think one of my keys for the offense was uh, take advantage of uh, Christian McCaffrey's gravitational pull. I think they do that this week. And I think last week it was George Kittle who was the beneficiary of that. This week I could see it being Brandon Ayuk. But great question, uh, Melissa. I appreciate it. Let's see here. Deami Brown slays when he is forgotten. Same with Curtis Samuel. I hope, I hope they don't look at look any of the four wide receivers. Um, I mean, they could use a lot of their wide receivers, right? Because I think the 49ers are going to shut down the run. Yes, the commanders love to run the football, but I think they're going to shut down that quickly, and the commanders are going to realize we're just going to have to pass. So, yes, this could be a game where we do see Deami Brown, but for the most part, it's going to be a lot of McLaurin. It's going to be a lot of um, Jahan Dotson. What's going on, Ryan? Guys, subscribe to Ryan's channel. Uh, he's awesome. He has daily morning shows. I love the morning slot. Not a lot of people do that. So uh, shout out, Ryan. Make sure you guys follow him. Thanks for the love. Um, East Coast Red and Gold podcast says, three weeks in a row we had a blown coverage. Can't handle that. Can't have that. Yes, I mean, I this is huge. So I was on a podcast with a Commander's podcaster, uh, just yesterday, and I pretty much told him, look, the only way that teams have been able to score against the Niners have been on blown coverages. So that's the only way I see the commanders scoring against the Niners uh, this week. So, yeah, they this is something that they have to work on. I, I think they will. Um, but that's not a bad thing, right? For that to be the only time that people score on this defense, I think is a testament to how good this defense is. Brian says, what's up, Steph? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Brian. Happy holidays to everyone watching. I appreciate all of you guys um, up in here spending your Christmas Eve Eve with me. Um, Melissa asks, Steph, Mooney, has he passed through concussion yet? So concussion protocol. Um, as of right, as of yesterday, right, when their last practice that they had, I don't think he had. He was still wearing the blue no-contact jersey. Now, he has some time, right? There, there's still a lot of time between, well, today's Friday and the game is tomorrow. So as as long as he can clear it by tomorrow morning, there's a chance. And so we'll just have to wait and see. As of yesterday, he had not passed it yet, though. So we're just going to have to uh, wait and hope because, yeah, we need uh, Charverius Ward out there. Right now, I'm assuming he's going to be playing. Um, could be a wrong assumption on my part, but just fingers crossed. That's what I'm hoping. Swan Song posts some wave emojis. Love it. Um, all right. And then Melissa asks, Steph, Robbie missed a field goal versus Seahawks. Do you think bad toss-up Robbie is back? I think that was just a you know one-time thing. He's been great this season, and uh, – he usually gets hot during the playoffs, so I, we got to hope for that. I think it was just a blip on the radar. I think he'll be back to, uh, you know, his old self and and hitting those field goals just fine. Um, but all right, let's let's move along here. I also wanted to talk about Jimmy Ward because you know both McLaurin and Dotson can line up in the slot as well, and that's another you know area of the field they can threat. Jimmy Ward, of course has improved a whole lot since, um, 
you know, he took over as the nickel corner. And I'm going to show you guys, well, here, how is the best I could show this? Okay, I guess this is it. So, so between week seven and week 11, uh, Jimmy Ward hadn't forced any incompletions, 100% uh, completion percentage in his coverage. That is crazy. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if this is going to work with Jimmy Ward in the nickel. There's no way Samuel Womack isn't better, blah, blah, blah. That's what I was thinking. But ever since then, week 12 on, he has improved um last week he gave up 85.7 completion percentage the week prior when he was targeted 17 times against the bucks 58.8 completion percentage in his coverage and if you look the last three weeks the passer rating that he's allowed 60.4 84.4 and 82.7 those are good numbers especially compared to how he was doing um you know week seven to week 12. So I wanted to just like give Jimmy Ward his flowers real quick for just stepping it up in a position that, you know, is not his favorite, you know, it's not his main position. It's not, it was something he was uncomfortable with to, to start when he was thrown into that situation. And, you know, he's just improving on that every week. So shout out Jimmy Ward. I think, uh, you know, having that consistency at the slot corner position is going to be important in the playoffs. So how to how to throw them in there. Let's look at the commanders running backs. So, like I said, the commanders love to run the football. They have Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. I believe both of those guys are over 200 pounds. So they're they could be some bruisers. They like to run up the middle. And here I we're looking at their carry charts from next gen stats and you can see they, they like to run up the middle. The one for Antonio Gibson that I'm showing is in a game earlier this season. He had 18 carries, 72 uh, yards on the ground, and you can see a lot of them going through the middle. And then on the right, Brian Robinson, I believe this was last week against the Giants. He had 12 carries for 89 yards, so very efficient. He had a lot that he bounced to the outside, it looks like, so – they're both really talented um, running backs. They're going to try to, you know, run the football a lot in this game, but I think they're going to find pretty quickly, hopefully, that they're not going to have a lot of success in that. And that's where they're going to be forced to, um, you know, pass. Let me get some comments really quick. Uh, Leo, what's going on, Leo? He said, over, under, Chase Young, sack, 0.5. Hmm. I'm going to give him one. Sure. Like, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give him one sack. I mean, he is going up against McGlinchey after all. McGlinchey's been, you know, pretty solid lately. But Chase Young, I think, could get at least one. Unless, of course, he is uh, rusty, which he very well could be. So we'll just have to see. Uh, Chase Young is dealing with patellar tendon and ACL. He'll be on a pitch count. Yeah, so that's the hope, right? I, I hope he will be. I know that the commanders are desperate, so I'm like, I'm kind of expecting him to be out there a lot, but yeah, the hope is that he'll be on a pitch count and it, it's not that far fetched to think that he will be. So, um, okay. Paul says, Jimmy just wants to hit someone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why he loved playing uh safety so much. Right. But he, he's starting to blossom at a uh, nickel corner. And so it, it's been a nice boost for this uh, defense. Melissa says, I hope we see more Jordan Mason, TDP, and Samuel Womack, especially since CMC and Mooney banged up. We need them for playoffs. 
Jordan Mason was um, he was dealing with the hammy issue this week. He was uh, he didn't practice a couple of days or he was limited in practice a couple of days. So something to keep in mind. He's not on the wait. Was he on the injury report? No, I, I'm not even remembering. He was. Uh, yeah, he's listed as questionable, but but just something to keep in mind. Right. Like maybe we don't see him a whole lot this week maybe we temper our expectations for uh Jordan Mason. And uh but they've been liking him as a closer anyway. Maybe we see more TDP this week. That's a possibility if Jordan Mason um isn't a go or if they're not comfortable running him a whole lot with his hamstring issue. Sammy Womack of course could be a guy that we see this week if um if uh Traverius Ward is out and doesn't clear concussion protocol, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, Steve said, yeah, he uh Jordan Mason hurt his hamstring on Wednesday. So could be something that limits him this week. We'll just have to see. All right. Here's what I wanted to touch on, though, with these commander running backs. Okay. And like I said, they played the Giants their last two games, week 13 and week 15. Between those two games, the Giants defense forced three total fumbles on the commander's running backs. Brian Robinson coughed it up once in each game. So he fumbled once in week 13, and he fumbled again in week 15. Antonio Gibson had one fumble in week 15 last week. Something to keep an eye on. I mean, obviously, this is something that the Giants put an emphasis on to try to get these guys to turn the ball over, and it worked for them. They got three total fumbles out of it in those last two games. Hopefully, I'm, I would think the 49ers are always trying to get the ball out. You see anytime there's an opportunity where the – the guy's pretty much already wrapped up. They're they're trying to get that ball out until the whistle gets blown. So I could see this being an emphasis for the 49ers this week as well, especially because both of those fumbles are so fresh on uh, you know, Robinson and Gibson's minds that, you know, sometimes we see players get in their heads a little bit and start to cough it up a little bit more and more. So maybe it's a trend. I don't know, but I think the 49ers going to want to take advantage of that as they always do in their last three games. The 49ers are first in turnover margin at plus 2.0 while the Washington commanders sit 23rd negative 0.7. Now that is an indication of both their offense and their defense, right? Obviously the 49ers defense take, sorry, obviously the 49ers offense taking care of the football while the defense is forcing turnovers. The commanders, they tend to give the ball up a lot. Um, you know, a lot of interceptions. And as we saw last, last two games, they've been fumbling and the commanders do are a good defense, but I think they don't give, they don't get as much turnovers as the 49ers defense. So that's kind of why they sit where they are on the uh, turnover margin. 49ers first, uh, Washington commanders 23rd. So could be an opportunity there. And I hope so, but here's what I'm talking about. The 49ers, this season, as we all know, have been the best team defending against the rush, opponent rushing yards per game this season, only averaging 74.7. In their last three, it's even lower than that. It's 57.3 opponent rushing yards per game in their last three games. So they've been all clamps when it comes to the run game. I would expect that to continue. Now, like I said, 
the commanders like to run the football and these are two very big backs. So there could be a bit of a struggle there. Um, but the hope for the 49ers defense, we didn't even talk about this. We didn't even talk about this. Javon Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw's back. He's expected to play in this game. He's going to play in this game as he's not even listed as questionable. So whether he's on a pitch count, I don't know, but having him back is a huge boost to being able to stop the run game. I mean, Eric Armstead has been back for a few weeks now and he's, helped I think in this department as well so 49ers defense definitely equipped to stop any run game in the league at least as of late so um Melissa here says I want to see peanut punches and interceptions and pick sixes so bad tomorrow we need at least one of those right we need at least one I think I think we get at least one interception tomorrow at the very least so um we got that going for us right Let's talk about Taylor Heineke, right? Because he's going to be the one throwing the ball. He's going to be the one potentially throwing us some interceptions. Let's talk about it. So he took over as the commander starter back in week seven. And in just eight games, Heineke has thrown 10 touchdowns and five interceptions. For those who are not very good at math like myself, that is a two to one touchdown interception ratio in those eight games. And uh, let's see here. So, for the audio listeners, I am showing a chart, his uh, passer rating versus league average of everywhere he's thrown on the field. You'll see that one of his better spots is in the uh, short middle of the field, which who is there? Oh, um, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, all the linebackers. So teams don't have a lot of success throwing um, between the hashes in the short areas of the field, even just, just the whole middle of the field is pretty much a no fly zone for opposing quarterbacks. And so I don't think Tyler Heineke is going to be able to throw a lot there this week. Um, and he's pretty good at the right side of the field, certainly more so than his left side. He's not very good throwing to his left. And uh, this season, he has a pass rating of 87.7, completion percentage of 61.4, and like I said, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So he does throw, uh, he does uh, turn the ball over quite a lot. And here's the thing, time to throw. His average time to throw is 2.93 seconds, and that's 7th slowest in the league. Why is that important? Because the 49ers defense gets after guys so quickly before you know it, they're in your face. He's not going to have 2.9 seconds to throw. So he's either going to take a sack, take plenty of sacks, or he's going to force some errant throws and make mistakes that way. So I think that's the potential for this game. That's what I like. And that's why I, um, the thumbnail for this video was, crack open a Heineke because I truly feel that the key for the 49ers defense is to get after Heineke and force him into mistakes, make him uncomfortable. Um, he's a quarterback with, you know, limitations and who doesn't do that well under pressure. So I think that it's, it's going to be a great opportunity for the 49ers defense and it'll have a trickle down effect to other areas of the field. Let me get some comments real quick. Uh, Ryan says, great facts and info, Steph. I feel like the only way Washington puts over 10 points tomorrow is off of 49ers turnover, knock on wood. Yeah, either a 49ers turnover or a, um, uh, what is it called? 
a busted coverage like we were talking about. That's literally like the only way teams have of scoring on this team right now. And and that's crazy. So yeah, knock on wood. I don't have wood. Well, here we go. Knock on wood that you know Brock Purdy takes care of the football. It's gonna be a huge challenge for him as well. So as long as the 49ers have a favorable turnover margin, I think they're gonna be okay to to get the job done. Paul says that LB trio is nasty. Dre Greenlaw shouting, I'm a death eater is one of my favorite celebrations ever. Oh my God. I don't I don't think I saw that. So send me that video because I <laughs> I missed that. But that's that's pretty epic right there. Melissa says, I need Lenore especially to get one because he was robbed of the pick six on Chino. Yeah, that'd be great if Lenore can get um an interception this week, but I'll take anyone at this point. I'll 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 really take anyone. Swan Song says Niners have a lot of experience there defending the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much if you look at any like passing chart of a quarterback that's played against the 49ers, that middle of the field is just like incompletions or barely any targets in that area. And again, it's because this linebacker group is so freaking good. So I would expect that to continue. And so that'll force Taylor Heineke to either have to throw to his left sometimes, which as we see, he's not very good at, or um, to his right, which he's better at. And so that's Lenore's side um, for the most part when we could see Lenore uh, have a have a good game, hopefully. Melissa says, Steph, Pro Bowl snubbed big play Dre or alternate CMC. Who do you causing more damage in going beast mode versus uh, Washington? Uh, I think big big play Dre. I think it's going to be Dre Greenlaw. The reason why I don't think Christian McCaffrey is because I think the the commanders are going to make it a point of emphasis to stop Christian McCaffrey. Easier said than done, right? That doesn't mean that they do it, but they can certainly limit what he does. Um, it, and because they're such a good defense, I think they'll, they will be able to do that to some extent. Now, that, I think that's okay because that's going to open things up for other guys on the offense. And uh, Drake Greenlaw has just been playing with his hair on fire. He plays angry already. Uh, let's just hope that doesn't lead to any penalties on his part. But I, I feel good about him playing with a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, to end this season and into the playoffs. That's a great position to be for this defense. So I'm going to go with Dre Greenlaw on that one, but that was a tough one. <laughs> Melissa asks, how many saccharoonies does your muse get versus Taylor? Hmm. Let's say two. Let's say he gets two. Um, he still wants to get that, that uh, what's it called, the 20-piece. So I think he, he gets closer to that this week. He's going to get two against Taylor Heineke because, again, 2.9 seconds, time to throw. Whew, he, man, there's going to be some mistakes made. Albert says, says get her done, Commanders. Whoo, we got it. Commanders fans in here. This is awesome. Okay. I feel it. GTC Real says, yo, what's going on, everyone? Man, I appreciate you guys being here and spending your pre-holidays with me uh, talking about this game. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you like this content. Now, to finish it up, here are my keys of the game for the 49ers defense. As I mentioned, get pressure on Heineke. That is the biggest key. Um, win the turnover margin. Uh, and I think when you get pressure on Heineke, you should be able to win the turnover margin. And lastly, limit big plays. Uh, you know, that is from their running backs and their wide receivers. Their wide receivers are potential 
uh, have the potential of making big plays. I didn't even talk about the fact that Jahan Dodson, he can look covered and he'll still come down with the ball. He's just a very talented uh, player, both of them in their own right. And uh, these running backs are as well are, are pretty good. So limit big plays from them whenever possible. And these are the keys of the game for the 49ers defense altogether. I think this is going to be a low scoring affair for both teams. Um, but ultimately, I think the 49ers win this game. I think it's going to be 17-6. And, you know, the reason I think this is going to be a win for the 49ers is simply because, yeah, both of these defenses are really good. Let's just assume, not assume, but let's just say, let's be nice and say that the commander's defense is just as good as the 49ers offense. So let's call that a wash. Just, just for shits and giggles. Now, looking at their offense, Huge difference between the 49ers offense and the commander's offense. And that's what I think will ultimately um, be how this game is decided. And I think the edge is for the 49ers in this one. But it's going to be a tough one. We're going to see a lot of punts. We're we're going to see a low-scoring game. Melissa says 28-10 49ers. Whoo, okay, 28 points. That'd be crazy if, if they could do that. And again, like I said, this is a big test for Brock Purdy. So if he can come out of this game looking like he has looked, I'm going to feel really good about the 49ers chances going into the playoffs and making a deep run. So we'll just have to wait and see fingers crossed, but I feel good about it. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love. Make sure that you guys enjoy the holiday, whoever you spend it with family or friends or, or by yourself with your pets. I just hope you have a good time and I hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow. Have a good rest of your evening. Peace.